Welcome to The Chase. is a white arc podcast aimed at specifically giving you an insight into what makes great leaders and entrepreneurs in a variety of organizations tick. We call them chiefs. My name is James Chiffatelli and together with my white arc co-chief, Joe Hands, we're going to attempt to take you on a journey and talk to as many chiefs across as many industries as we can to give you an insight into A, what makes them tick and B, what makes their enterprises thrive and more importantly, what they've learned along the way. The Chiefs. So welcome to another edition of The Chiefs. And today I am so fortunate to have one of the best Chiefs that exists out there, Rob Frendo, the Managing Director of Versant Services. Welcome to The Chiefs, Rob. Thanks for having me, James. A pleasure catching up with you this afternoon. Absolute pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really looking forward to sharing with our listeners some of the insights that you've certainly taken on board throughout your career, because I know that they are many. So by way of background, Rob is one of the leadership greats. I've worked alongside Rob in our days back at Census and Telstra, but you know, Rob's gone on to do amazing things. Obviously, now he's the managing director of Versant runs a lot of technical transformation. I think one of the biggest AWS partners I was going to say in the country, but it's probably the globe, but we can talk about that as we go, it was really quite imperative for Australia Post in driving solution development and, and was their head of digital as they underwent their transformation some years ago from a digital perspective. And then prior to that, as I mentioned earlier, he was the general manager of Census Data Solution, a real standout business in the Census Stable, and Rob's someone who's got an absolute high regard in that space. So, Rob, it's great to have you on board. He's obviously a Victoria University graduate, business and finance. There's not much that this man hasn't done, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about his journey. So, Rob, the Chiefs always starts off with a pretty standard question, and the question I always ask first cab off the rank is, what's your story? Oh, look, I mean, my story, I wish I could, I could say it was uh, done by complete design, but it came from you know, really loving a thirst for business, the business world, which sort of transcended industry and sector. I just had this real thirst for understanding lots of businesses, had a very, very avid interest in the stock market from a very young age. And that took me on to doing business studies throughout my education into economics and finance, and then onto some marketing majors as well in my university and postgraduate sort of studies. So I guess from that piece of interest, it went straight into my work and Within that area, I sort of started off in corporate Australia as a sales analyst. That sales analyst quickly moved because I'm a bit of an extrovert by nature into wanting to focus on customers and be closer to people. So, and I guess it's gone on from there. I mean, from my perspective, uh, something that I've, I've always sort of really held close to my heart, James, has been focusing on customer, making sure that I do things that perhaps not everyone's got the courage to do and face into a lot of things that maybe aren't the easiest things to do. So from a really young age, my mandate's been to outwork other people, to focus on customers and perhaps exhibit a bit more courage than the norm to get involved in things that aren't the easiest. And that's sort of how my career transcended through my earlier corporate years into the roles that you mentioned at Census and then a number of roles at Australia Post and more recently GM of Growth into the Managing Director role here at Versant. So that, that, that thread's been quite similar throughout. It's an amazing story and I, I actually love, you know, focus on outcomes and be closer to people, do things that are courageous 
tackle the hard things that other people don't want to tackle. Outwork, I love that European uh, instinct that you've got around you. Outwork, I don't think I hear that often enough. So tell us a little bit more about the work that you do at Versant specifically, and we'll explore some of those themes. Yeah, the great thing about Versant and the reason it's such a great blend of my personality with their Versant values is it is not a company that would ever say it is what it is. It's never been a company that has any sort of areas of apathy. Everyone at Versant wants to be better, wants to do better, and want to continuously improve. And it can be exhausting at times, but it gives you great buoyancy. And this this great buoyancy internally transcends itself to our customers. But we have this absolute desire to get things done done. It's, It's effectively our core motto to get things done done all the way through to delivery and a result for our customers. But this drive within Versant to get um, continuously improve and to do better matches really well with my personality. I, I don't feel as though I'm ever finished. I have an insatiable desire to improve myself and the business that I'm around. And I also exhibit, you know, throughout my career, a type of tenacity and resilience that I actually find is not so uncommon at Versant. So it really matches well with me. So I was a bit of a, a match made in heaven three years ago now, unbelievably. And at Versant, I'm the Managing Director of Professional Services. So professional services can be as wide or as narrow as you like, but within our organisation, it's for discrete businesses, which focus on cloud and cloud migrations, identity and security, data, and also digital and app modernisation. And what we've found as we've gotten larger and more confident and more skilled is the interoperability between those four discrete businesses. We now have many of those offerings all within a single engagement. So it's quite a journey, but it's been uh, certainly a, a fun one to date. Oh, and I've been able to uh, just witness a very small part of it. You can see that you're having fun, but you can also see that you're definitely getting things done done. I love that motto. Yeah, I never tire of actually hearing you say that, Rob Friendo. Actually, Rob, just in terms terms of getting things done, so, you know, I don't know, 14, 15 months ago, we're, here we are living in Victoria. I think you and I might have been out at dinner with a good friend of ours and, and COVID hits. And then, you know, the leader of the Getting Things Done Done team yourself and all of your sales staff nationally, in fact, globally, because I know you manage sites across Asia as well. How did you manage through that period? What were some of the things that you leaned on as a leader to get through it? Yeah, I think, look, I'm a big believer that the sort of the fish rots from the head. And from my perspective, it was quite the opposite adversant. We had a CEO and founder at the time, Tor Esman, and myself and the leadership group took a very humanistic approach to COVID. We absolutely made a conscious decision to put people in front of commercials and took a very humanistic approach to how we would talk to different people of the different scenarios. People exhibited very, very different behaviours during COVID. And we really, I would say, exemplified a degree of empathy right across all regions. And because of that, a number of areas that we were advised to do by our staff to keep the business safe in terms of pay reductions or bonus reductions or all those things, we actually didn't put in place. So we didn't get rid of a single person, didn't have to terminate a single person during COVID. We didn't embark on those break glass moments around remuneration, although we're very, very appreciative of our team members to offer that. And we kept everyone safe. We obviously also had some companies that were in primary industries, in hospitality and tourism, We work with those organisations in a way that was more compassionate and more humanistic rather than contractual. You know, I'm a big believer that the lowest form of right is a contract and we certainly didn't operate at contractual level with those customers. So 
it was very empathetic. It was very unformatted and it was very unstructured, but it was done in a way where people could see we had the best intentions for everyone. And I think we set ourselves apart from that. Many other organisations during that period. I always love that analogy. I can never hear it enough over my life. A fish rots from the head down. I haven't heard it for a little while, but but I love it. And really beautiful context that you wrapped around it, around you know people and people first, safety first, compassion, empathy, credit to you. And it's a it's no surprise, certainly to me and those who who know the outstanding leader that you are, that uh, versus double digit growth is not only continued to shine it's probably increased so if Tor's listening to this uh, i think rob's asking for a, for an increase in target but anyway that's a that's a story for for another moment now there are so many attributes that go into making a great leader rob you've worked for many great leaders and you are a great leader you've been been one for almost 20 years is there a common thread for you and where do you start if someone listening to this has just got into leadership or or they're looking to reinvent themselves what are the important call-outs for a leader from Rob's perspective? There's a number of different ways, I guess, to define leadership. People define it in many, many different ways, but I'll, I'll do it from a personal perspective. And early on in my career as a leader, I certainly adopted sort of two personas, uh, a professional persona, if you like, and a personal persona. And I felt as though that was challenging for me as a young leader, trying to be a leader that I thought I should be while still having a personal persona. And as I got more confidence and more skilled, they, they actually merged. And my professional and personal persona just became one of authenticity. And the way that I conduct myself now socially and personally is almost exactly the same way as I conduct myself professionally. So having that single persona and that area of self-belief that you are an authentic leader, I think is the most important area to consider. From my perspective, the important traits for me above all else are integrity. I think integrity is the number one thing. If you haven't got that, it's really no use going further down the list of how many other great capabilities you have. Doing the right thing when nobody's looking, consistently exhibiting the behaviours where people know your integrity is beyond reproach is the most important thing. And then followed, I think, by empathy, customer focus, and having a vision. Setting a North Star for your team, setting a North Star for your direct reports is really important area that we buy into as a collective. It isn't done in an autocratic or a territorial sort of way. It's done as a collective, come up with those themes collectively, and we drive towards that North Star together as a business. I think setting that vision is equally as important as some of the areas that then will drive accountability and uh, decisiveness. I love that, setting a North Star and then making sure that everyone, yeah, that together you're all driving towards that North Star. It's uh, it's so imp- important, but it, it's almost something that, you know, maybe traditional leadership, they set the North Star and they come and work with the team to drive towards it. So I think that's an amazing insight. If you had to choose one thing that you think you're best at, what do you think it is, Rob? Uh, but not golf. I was, I was um, going to say dancing. No, no, not dancing either. <laughs> Um, I think something that I've been able to do consistently with a good level of result over my career is really bring people together and respect diversity of thinking. Some of the think people that I work with are very, very different in their disposition, in their skill set, the sales team, the operational team, the engineering team, even within the engineering team, the front end dev is very different to DevOps teams and are very, very different from delivery. Having a very healthy respect that each function is required in order to deliver a elite result and make high quality decisions is a skill in itself. Many of these people are highly intellectual. They are very, very good at what they do, 
But having that breadth of thinking and an understanding of the diversity of thinking and the multidisciplinary team is actually required to achieve that result, I think is a skill that I've brought to the businesses that I've been working with to this point. And that's probably something I think I'm good at, at this point, to be honest with you. And you know what, I've actually uh, witnessed that on a couple of occasions. I've had the good fortune of witnessing that with you, Rob. Uh, most recently, when you brought us on to do a, a piece of work for one of your engagements, and in, this was a global organisation, I think probably one of the top three global insurance providers uh, in the world, so people could start working working it out. But it, Rob had a program, multi, multi-million dollar program that worked, I think, Rob, across about 12 different technical streams. And I actually saw firsthand, you know, Rob walking up and down that line, almost program managing both sides of the business. And you know what? The outstanding results we got were as a consequence of, of you, Rob. And I've actually leveraged some of the, the the learnings I took from you. I probably shouldn't share that with you, but I have leveraged them in our own consulting practice. So it's an absolute credit to you to have a the compassion, the empathy, but to walk that line. And regardless of the skill levels, I, I remember sitting with you on, on scrum meetings with DevOps guys, not really understanding what anyone was talking about, but you were able to decode that in a human way and actually make sure that everyone was going for that North Star. Credit to you. All right. Now, I've promised Rob 20 minutes and I ramble, so I'm going to shift the focus a little bit now, Rob. If you never had to work again, Rob Friend, I know we won't let your wife listen to this, but if you never had to work again, what would you do and why? Well, never having to work again. I mean, people have got different ideas about I don't see my retirement being a senior beach and a golf course. I always think I'll be doing something proactive. So if I never had to work again, I I feel as though I'd love to really help and guide the younger generation. I think leaders, creating leaders is a pretty special thing to do. I see a lot of leaders get great results. I see a lot of leaders get great outcomes, but I don't see a lot of leaders create more leaders. I think it's a very, very rare trait that if you can achieve throughout your career, you can then actually make yourself quite expendable and you can move on to new things and you're actually going to grow the company and whatever you've left behind, that body of work will remain for a long, long time. So I get a lot of gratification out of helping younger people. I get a lot of gratification out of seeing people get coached and move into roles that they didn't even think they were able to do and push them to areas that they thought were even beyond them. And this self-limiting behaviours that I see on some people and themselves is something I like to break the nexus of. So I'd love to be involved more formally in those sorts of areas. I love that. And for anyone listening, uh, you can contact Rob Friendo through LinkedIn. I think <laughs> I think what he's just got going there, he's open to mentoring and, and coaching. And let me tell you, from first-hand experience, it'd be a very good one. So Rob, a couple more questions and we'll wrap up. If you could give a young Robert Friendo, you know, you've just graduated in the early days of your stockbroking, maybe at the back end of your high school years, that sort of young Rob Friendo. If you could give a young Rob Friendo some advice, what would you give yourself? It's, it's always an interesting question, isn't it? So, I mean, first of all, I'm a big believer in um, I've achieved what I've achieved to this point and, and hopefully more through really real practical experience and really understanding things with rolling my sleeves, I'm actually doing things. So the advice I give my kids is, you know, don't let, don't let your education get in the way of your learning. And I put too much emphasis early days on sort of my education. I thought it was the be-all and end-all, my formal education, that is. It was important. It's an important piece, but it is just a piece. It's my first piece. So make sure you've got a healthy balance of formal education and actual practical learning. I think that's what catapulted me into a few roles. You know, secondly, I'm a big believer that leaders are readers, right? So if you really want to lead, you should be reading the latest content. You should be keeping up with articles or books or if you're taking your dog for a walk, listen to a podcast for 15 minutes. Leaders are readers or listeners, and I'm a big believer in that. I don't think the way in which 
the world operates today in this sort of fast-paced, highly transformational period, things get old really quickly. Product life cycles are shorter. Leadership styles are shorter. You must keep abreast of, of, of the latest ways in which to get the best out of your teams. And I think finally, just a concept that didn't really hit me until I was a little bit older was listen more. Become a process listener. Don't just hear what someone's got to say. Really listen to what they've got to say and really try listening to the people that are quieter. Don't let the loudest person in the room dominate the room. Don't let the loudest person in the room take over or take charge, but really listen to the people that don't communicate in such a a manner. I think introverted leadership is a, a very underestimated piece of leadership. And I really listen to the people that confide in me deeply and I listen to them from a process perspective. I don't just hear them anymore. So that's a, a few things from me that are important. And, and you know what I like? That, I mean, all points were, were significant, but that last point around, it really, it, it taps quite uh, nicely into some of the earlier learnings you put forward around everyone's got something to add. Even even the quietest voice in the room has got something significant to add. And without great leadership really sort of facilitating that, you know, so much is not learned because, uh, you know, so much is not asked. And, you know, I, I love that. Also, I love your leaders are readers. I, I uh, haven't heard that one before, Rob Friendo, so I might actually use that one uh, again. So <laughs> that's absolutely magnificent. All right, a couple more questions. I, I know I'm over time, but uh, you know what, a, a great interview like this we, we must take advantage of. So if you had to sort of uh, look back and sort of the summation of all of your experience, what's the best advice you can give to people for ha- handling adversity and doubt? Yeah, so for handling adversity and doubt, you really need to be strong in the areas of self-belief. You, you need to be living by a code of principles and values that when things get tough, that your default personality will go back to those principles and values during those hard times. Those are the times where you're going to find there's areas of self-doubt. There's the areas where you're going to second-guess yourself. But if you live by strong values of some of the things we touched on earlier, such as being decisive, having great integrity, always doing the right thing, having empathy and being objective, some of the core values that I hold myself to every day, they're some of the things that I just privately reflect on when things aren't going my way. And off the back of that, I guess, James, something that I find that is, you know, a very rare skill as well. It's when you're in those situations, just try to be humble but fearless. And those two things don't go together so neatly like so many other things. But being humble and fearless without an ego will ensure that you're able to drive an outcome and also keep you and your team safe. And that's something that I keep really close to my heart when I'm going through those phases where things aren't going my way. And there are a few things that I sort of reflect on. I love that. I and I and I think it resonates in everything that you represent. Yeah, you know, that that humility, humble. You talk about fearlessness, and certainly, Rob Friendo, you don't have an ego. Rob, uh, it, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I always close the Chiefs with the same question, and the question is, with one word, a single word, how would you best describe yourself through that one word? Adaptable. Oh, I love it. Adaptable. Adaptable. We, never, we, ha- we haven't had adaptable before, and I think, uh, you, you know, there could have been so many powerful words, but that's certainly a powerful one. Rob Friendo, thank you so much 
for being on the Chiefs. It's always an absolute pleasure to spend time with you and talk to you and, you know, continue doing the amazing job that you're doing at Verse and, and, and for all of us leaders uh, professionally because there's so much light that you shine for us. And for anyone on who's listening to this podcast who'd like to get in touch with Rob, you can certainly find him through LinkedIn or alternatively reach out and uh, through you know, the White Arc uh, site. We're happy to sort of do an introduction to Rob and vice versa. Rob Friendo, thanks for being on the Chiefs. Stay safe. Thanks, James. I enjoyed the chat. See you, bye.